Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Phones are getting bigger again. We're going to start paying hundreds of dollars for entertainment a month again. It's great. The Disney streaming app is going to be 12 bucks. Netflix is going to be like 15 bucks. HBO is like 15 bucks. Uh, ESPN Go, if you're into that, is like money. Oh, I only have to pay for one of those, so. I know, I'm just saying, but like in general, the this, what's up? New episode, by the way. Um, yeah, everything changing to stay the same. Like when you total up people's like streaming bill, it's going to end up being the same as cable. It's like, what was the point? What was the point? And then they have ads on some of the streaming. Like Hulu, you have to pay more not to get ads. Like the whole point is to not get ads. What subscriptions do you currently have? Entertainment. Um, I have net. Well, I, my family has Netflix, and I share that. Uh, me and my sister have Hulu, which she pays for, and I don't. What do you watch on Hulu? Uh, just a couple shows every once in a while. Like what? Just, uh, Cloak and Daggers on there. I like that. What the hell is that? It's a Marvel show. It's good. Uh, really? Yeah. Like MCU? Yeah. When did that happen? It was last summer. Is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. still on? I don't know. I gave up on that after like five episodes. I gave up on that like after never watching it, but. Yeah, you never watched Cloak it. And, really? Are you serious? Yeah. Like, yeah. is that like S.H.I.E.L.D.? I don't know. No, it's like, it's like this, it's about these two teenage kids that like have powers. Oh, that, that like, sounds so dumb. How did cool. I miss that? Um. Yeah, I like that. There's some I have family guys on there. I like watching that when I'm bored. Uh, Same. Good board show. Yeah. There's a couple other things I just watched, but I'm, I'm not really a big Hulu person. I stick to Netflix and Amazon mainly. Okay. So subscription on Amazon? Um, my dad has one, and he shares the link with all of us. Fucking so. leech. You're a leech on, on yep. humanity. Disney's I have my own HBO so. and my own... PlayStation View. PlayStation View is great, by the way. Is it? I've, I've thought about looking into it's that. It's fantastic. I think I pay like $50, I think, a month for it. But it like, I get... What is it? Like... I turn on my PlayStation, I go to the app, and then it opens up, and it looks like TV. Like, it looks like if you hit guide on your remote control, and it's like, oh, here's what's on ABC, and here's what's on E, and HGTV, and all that. And it's got like DVR capabilities. I can... I just found out last night, after having it for five months, that I can double and triple screen so like i last just playing around with it i had uh the football game and cnn on at the same time i was like whoa mm-hmm. that's so cool i don't know what i'm gonna use it for because like there's usually not multiple sports on at the same time that i care to watch and i don't know for the action it might be fun for like have fox and cnn or MS- msnbc in the same um at the same time but um no it just works like normal tv like i I can DVR, I can watch from my phone, I can put stuff to the DVR on my phone. It's pretty, honestly, I'm surprised it exists because it's so great. And, um, yeah, like I get all the sports, I get a bunch of the, like, cables and stuff like that. And, you know, it does what I want. It's, and it has stuff on demand too. So I think it's a great investment. This episode is sponsored by PlayStation View. PlayStation View is good. That's their slogan. Um, and then HBO for True Detective and Watchmen. Those are my two. And I also share. Nice. Because, like, I had Hulu for a while, but then I hated it because it kept 
charging me money, and I didn't use it, so I was like, eh, I don't think this is cool. But then they signed me back up for it a couple weeks later. I was like, nah. And, and then A-list, I guess, if that counts. Uh, <laughs> and movie pass. I love, I, movie pass checkup, they are fucked. They, nobody uses it anymore. They have no, I saw, they don't I saw, work. um, I don't know if I, did I see the, no, someone told, I listened to someone talk about like a, a commercial or something and said like, if you need this, we got you covered. You, we, like they're trying to, basically trying to sell people stuff now. Like, goods? Like, yeah, like other than movies. Like. Yeah, that'll work great. <laughs> Uh, like we when we talked about it at length the last time, I think it was right when they announced they were going to like three a month or something like that. Yeah. Um. And like we were talking about these two options. Yours was that it dies, which shockingly hasn't happened, all things considered, to where we are right now. I don't know how it's not dead. My theory was that it'll, you know, movie pass it'll find a way somehow. We didn't consider a third option that it would just go into like a vegetative state and sort of be alive, but not really. <laughs> and that's kind of what ha- what's happened. Um, and just to check in on AMC A list, it started in June of last year, and by the day after Christmas, it was up to six hundred thousand subscribers, and just uh, put in a new price bump for their monthly fee. That does not affect con- like current customers. So like I'm at twenty a month and I'll stay there, you know, forever, I guess. What's it up to? Um let's see. Twenty five? Like twenty three? Oh, okay. Twenty three, yeah. something like that. Cinema is still going strong. Yeah. Customer service sucks, but Yeah. I mean, that's one of the benefits of a streaming service with like a already established company is that they have that like worked in and they're good. And when they screw up like they did the other day, I got an email and they're like, Hey, your account's been terminated. I was like, What? And then literally eight minutes later, they're like, never mind. Sorry about that. I was like, oh, okay. They gave me like a $5 uh, snack voucher. I was like, oh, cool. I'll never use this, but thank you. And that's that's pretty much it for, for entertainment media for me. I don't know. I like to keep things cool. You know? Have you, I can't remember, have you, where have you fallen on Disney, Disney Plus? Oh, I'm, I'm gonna, well, depending on the price, I'll get it. I mean, if it's like $20, I might not get it. Mm. But I think it'll probably be like 10 to 15 in that range, and I'll get it then. Right. I read an article the other day about the, the streaming wars and all that, and it just doesn't seem like the foundation for the Netflix of the world is particularly strong because they're borrowing so much money and burning through so much cash to make content that, like, they're, even with this price jump that they're doing, I think without the press jump, they'd be out of business per, in, in a sense, or at least scale down pretty soon. But this price jump means like they're probably going to be investing even more cash, and they're like probably borrowing money based on the amount of subscriptions and the data they have. And it just seems crazy because like they they're spending a billion dollars on content this this year, right? Or it was last year? Sounds sounds right. Probably both. And like 150 million of that is the Irishman. So like, what's where's the rest going? Like Stranger Things is probably a ton of cash by now. House of Cards maybe was a lot. I just, oh man, I just I think they're trying. Maybe they're being too aggressive. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, whatever they've been doing has been working the last two three years, at least for as I can tell. Right. They keep getting higher profile actors and directors and bigger budgets. I mean, it's it's paying off. I think. Mm-hmm. 
at least in terms of getting a lot of stuff out. I don't know if it's how it's doing in terms of returns, but right. Apple is also one to keep an eye on. They actually have a show. This is pretty amazing because they have a show that I kind of want to watch. It's um, a Steve Carell led morning show. Which how's Steve Carell doing that what? in his app, his Space Force show? I don't know. No, it's um, it's a Steve Carell show where he plays like a morning news anchor. Okay. And I don't know. I've kind of been waiting for a good morning news or just news in general show to come. Uh, that isn't the newsroom. That's more like West Wingy and kind of day to day and not so big and all that. But it's called Top of the Morning. He plays Mitch Kessler. Described as an inside look at the lives of people who help America wake up in the morning, exploring the unique challenges faced by the women and men who carry out this daily television ritual. That sounds that sound fun to you. No, but okay. you know. Okay, that's fine. I like Steve Carell. Has anything interesting been like announced for it, like content-wise? I mean, that show I think is the their big one. Is it okay? But uh, Damien Chazelle has a show. That's right. Okay. He's doing like eight episodes or something or other. If I, <laughs> do you ever step back and just kind of like are sort of amazed at movie culture, like movie watching culture, like people on Letterbox with, I oh I watched eight hundred movies this year, right? Yeah. TV I culture. Have the same. Yep. TV, TV culture seems insane. How do you that's do a that? Lot of, that's a lot of episodes. It's a lot of episodes. It's, it's a like, lot of shows. Because there, you have like people that are like, they know, like you have the people like my shows are yeah. Thursday at seven and Sunday at nine and Monday at five. Like they have all, they know, and that's, that's like a cumulative of like, and they have like multiple shows. There's like, they can watch anything from three to seven shows a week. That's set almost seven hours at the most. And that's every week. <laughs> It's every week, and it's just a lot to keep track of. Like I know yeah, I'm, I'm I an old man and stuff, but like, wait, what's going on in the show? What are they trying to do? What's their objective? And then we go it's jump over to another weeks. thing, and it's like sci-fi, and it's like, oh, I gotta jump back to this legal drama, and you have to like reset yourself. I don't, I don't know. I like I see so many people who are like, oh, here's this, here's the TV shows I've been watching this week, and it's like 15 shows. Like, like what are you doing? I, I need to be this guy, film. but read a fucking book, dude. Like, have you ever used TV time? No. I hate it. what it's called. It's stupid. Know. You don't know what that is. I do. I know you don't. Uh, it's. Let me guess. It's where you log the TV you watch. Yeah, it's Apple. <gasps> I have. Where is it? I have eight point two thousand hours of television logged, according to this app, gross. over my lifetime. That's gross. Yeah. But like, why? I don't know. What do, what's I'm not even. Of, I'm, not, I'm not even a big TV person. Like so I, for other people, it's probably more. I see on their website they're like trying to do a Stardust thing where they people can post reactions to what they watch. Yeah, I don't want to watch those. Like, oh wow, you're surprised at Game of Thrones? How fascinating! What what an interesting take. I'm like, I want to. I want to read. I don't want to watch. And by the way, just to bring this uh, back around, uh, <laughs> Movie Pass, they're charged, they have a red carpet feature. So for $25 a month, you can choose from all movies in their network, uh, including IMAX, two, IMAX 2D, IMAX 3D, or Real D 3D. And you can see up to three movies a month, which is equivalent to what I can see with those same options with an AMC A list account for $5 less. So. Shout out to Movie Pass, I guess. 
Anyways, what learning how to kill themselves slowly? They're alive. They're here. They're they're based in New York. I want to go there. I want to go there and just yell at everyone. They probably wouldn't even care. They, I, the, there was a report that came out that pretty much said that everyone who works there hates it and hates them, each other and hates their bosses and all that. So it's very, very safe work environment, I'm sure. But anyways, streaming stuff. How much things change just to stay the same. Uh, Netflix classic. All right. Enough dilly-dallying. We're here for one reason, and one reason only. It has been a long time coming. Since back in, was something like 2015, when we first knew this movie existed. And now, for the second time, we're going to be talking about it at length. So, with that said, Josh, scene by scene, line by line, let's break down Danny Boyle's Steve Jobs. So, we open with Steve, Joanna, and Andy Hertzfeld looking at the monitor. Which I have about we'll see you next week, folks. I'm five and six chance of crashing. To which Steve says, "Quote, no, Cody and I will do that at some point. I really want. I want to go scene by scene with that movie. You're welcome to join, but you are a horrible person. And just in case you don't want to, it's it's a great. It's the greatest movie ever. I thought I thought I thought um, JFK was the fourth greatest movie ever. It's not that good." Not even the best Sorkin movie. Oh my god! I would agree with that, but it's better. It's not. Social Network is a masterpiece. I'm sorry, but the lines in Steve Jobs are better than Social Network. Social Network is good. I don't care about lines. It has. It's no Scully v. Dial- Jobs. Dialogue is like no. the sixth most important thing in a movie. That is. How are the, how are the words people say not important? They're important, but the story as a whole is more important, and the characters are more Characters say words! What are you talking about? The characters and ideas are more important than the dialogue. What? That's how they communicate. I don't 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 need top-notch lines. You don't need good ones. I, I, you, I'm resisting the urge to open up the PDF I have of the script and just yell lines at you for the next hour and a half. But I'm gonna, I'm just gonna try to be cool for you once. You actually have the script yeah. saved. I have. Not only do I have it saved, I have it saved on my desktop in a in a docs. Oh, where is it? In a folder titled "Good Shit." Of course you do. Wait, what else is in there? I have the Dark Knight script. I have the Truman Show script. And I why do you help. have these? Do you just read them sometimes? Yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoy wrong it. With you? Uh, I have a couple. <laughs> I have a few memes, <laughs> videos that I like that I've downloaded from YouTube, like YouTube stuff mostly. And I don't know. I don't know. What the hell happened to you as a child? Jeez, I was kicked off a horse. Would you believe that? Yeah. <laughs> and then from there, it's just. Just in general, so you weren't kicked in the head. I was—I mean, the head was involved somehow. I just—I wasn't kicked in the head, but my head did hit the ground at some point, and now I—I I can taste colors. But whatever. Ask the movie. Let's do it. Good for you. The three of you've convinced yourselves you have extraordinary gifts, like something out of a comic book. 
David Dunn? The only person to survive that train wreck all those years ago? What do you do? I'm in security. You think you have superpowers? It's a feeling. Vision. I have to touch them. You believe you are a protector. My name is Patricia. I have no question. There are two dozen identities. I'm Mary Reynolds. Por favor, senora. We almost got you, bro. That live in that body with you. The beast is coming any minute now for you guys. But what I am questioning is your belief that you are something more than human. And yet, it is true. Gotta use that meme while I can. Uh, let me just start off by saying your theory was correct. No, it's not correct. Your theory has been proven correct that every M. Night Shyamalan movie, starting with the letter between A and M, has been bad. So congrats. How's he, how do you feel being correct? I feel like I feel like I proved my theory wrong. <laughs> no. Uh, Glass, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. The meme continues with him. Would you say you were looking forward to this film? Third most anticipated of the year, yep. Behind Medea and what else? I don't know. Nah. Some. I don't know. I couldn't think of something funny. Sherlock Gnomes didn't come out this year. Exactly. You're thinking about yeah, there we go. Uh, but you've been excited for this. I have kind of-ish been. I think it's a neat idea for somebody to do kind of just yeah, I'm going to do a trilogy and not really postmark it very like a lot of people do with a trilogy. Like, yeah, directors can play coy. Like Nolan kept playing coy about like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make a Batman 3. I haven't decided yet or whatever. But Jamon uh, just kind of came out of left field with it. And he did it in what is not the movie that kind of rolls off the tongue when you mention Shyamalan. Unbreakable even. It's gone from being underrated to overrated in like, Overnight, because it used to be underrated that it's just this random movie that isn't Sixth Sense or Signs, and now it's like, I hardly hear about Sixth Sense or Signs anymore, and I always hear about how great Unbreakable is. So it's his best movie. It's so. had an interesting life. I'm not, um, and this second life, I guess, that it's had has been odd, I think. But but kind of fun to watch, I guess. So let's get into initial thoughts. Mm, Josh, what do you think? I love the movie. Uh, I think it's fantastic. It's one, I mean, most I love most Shyamalan movies that aren't bad, and that's like four of them. But so let me tell you, let me get this right. Right, you like the movies that are not bad. I love all the movies that are not bad, not just like. Got it. Okay, but baseline, you like them. Yes. I've never heard that before. That's really interesting. Uh, yeah. Did you know he's an uncredited writer on She's All That, starring Amanda Bynes? He's also oh, a no, writer Freddie on Prince Jr. Little, so. Yes. Yes. I mean, he could have just called it there. You're not going to do better than Stuart Little. Underrated movie. Good movie. Very underrated movie. I haven't seen it in forever. That and my, uh, my The Little Vampire. Yeah. That one was good, too. Whatever happened to Jonathan Lipnicki? I think he died. Oh, okay. That's sad. <laughs> Glass. Fantastic movie. I loved it. I know a lot of people don't, and that's fine, but I think it's the fitting end to this story. I think the way that he, or I think the story that he chose to tell was great, um, or fitting, rather, and it's 
not at all what I think a lot of people wanted or expected. Um, and for me, it worked and I liked the slowness of it. I liked the, I don't know what the word is. The, um, sloppiness. Uh, no, not that it was carelessness. No, it wasn't sloppy. It wasn't careless. You'd have My, to be blind to think microwave that. ability. No, uh, the dishwasher safe. No, I, in what world is this safe? Dishwasher safe. That's the meme. I don't understand you. <laughs> Same. By the way, Jonathan uh, Le- Jonathan Lipnicki is not dead, but he is alive and he does MMA. So what the? F- oh my god! <laughs> I don't understand anything. Anyway, I love the movie. Your thoughts? No, no. This this ain't it, Chief. Is what I'll say. Uh, Shyamalan is, you know, his, the meme of his career and his successes and failures are sort of in your face at any time. The guy's made some of the funniest, worst movies ever, and he does them on purpose, thinking they're good. But he's also is able to, every now and again, be like subtle and really artistic and, you know, show the, I guess the sensibilities that made him the signs guy or the sixth sense guy. And then I don't know what happens with him because when he wants to make a movie, he can do that. Like split is very, very good. But like, how is he the same guy that does sixth sense and the happening? Like, I don't know where that comes from. So then you either have these you know, perfectly good, I mean, even really Tim good movies. Tim Burton made Batman, and then he made Alice in Wonderland. That's the same guy. Two great films. Two of my all-time. No, no. Yeah, one, but, of them's but the, one of them's good. But the things he does, like, well, and the things he doesn't do well don't really overlap, I guess. Like, you can tell, oh, you know, you're doing CGI up the ass, and for no good reason. That's why Alice in Wonderland sucks. Like, the character stuff is, eh. But that movie would be a lot better if it was as practical as Batman or Batman Returns, I think. It would still be bad. I know, but it would be at least conventionally bad. It would still bad. have the Johnny Depp doing the Johnny Depp thing. Well, the dance was CG, so that wouldn't even have been possible. I don't know. But I don't, I, it would have been at least better. Like, it may have been, like, passive, like, eh, it's okay, instead of just being... I don't know. I just, I think people are too hard on the guy. I think, yeah, his bad movies are bad. The Happening is terrible. Yeah, but The Last Airbender, which you finally watched. No, but what I don't understand bad. is, like... How do you take the lessons from the happening and then make the last airbender? And how do you take the lessons of the last airbender and then make after earth? And it's just, it seems like obviously the, the easy narrative is that he doesn't work well when he's got money, which is admirable that that's your problem. Um, kind of cute <laughs> in a way. And, but when he dials it down too far to be small, it's, you know, the happening. And there's just this little medium where he, where he lives in, where he can hire actors and he does have money for scale, but he's not, you know, he doesn't have a crew of like 15,000 VFX artists or anything like that. Mason, Mason, Mason. Just. He's bad. He's a bad director who gets it right sometimes. Just, just take an interest in science. (laughs) Honeybees. (laughs) I watched it the other day. It's so bad. Take an, interest, take an interest in science, you guys. Jake, that face isn't going to be perfect. What? No. No. I'm talking to a plastic plant. 
Oh, I love Wahlberg, but that was a, that's one of the worst performances I've ever seen in my life. Holy shit. The BTS on that must be just amazing. There's somebody, there's an edit bay, there's a hard drive somewhere where they just have did hours you see, upon hours did, of behind the scenes footage. There is a behind the scenes thing with Mark Wahlberg, like looking at it and kind of like dumbfounded. Did you ever see it? <laughs> no. I will find it. Sounds it's a lot hysterical. like, that sounds a lot like Lucas, George Lucas and everybody screening fans. Yeah, it's, it's, it is. It's a lot like it, and it's great. How do you give a performance like that and not know it's going to suck, though? Like, how could you be taken aback? Be like, I'm acting like a fool right now. This is horrendous. But the greater cause for M. Night, he's weird. He learns lessons, and then he unlearns them immediately. And his movies are, his career is a roller coaster ride. And you think this is a peak. I think this is kind of a dip. It's not happening bad, but I still think it's bad. Um, and... I don't know. I think this one, unlike the happening, I think this one was, and Avatar Last Airbender, that thing was doomed from the, from the word go. Um, why did he ever direct that? God. I think this is preventable because I think, I do think there is a really good movie that you could kind of find in this, you know, two and a half hour, a little bit over two hour sort of mess. And I don't know. I just, I think he sort of let his ideas run wild with him a little bit, but let's get into specifics. I'm going to get my first positive out of the way. Not my first, but one of my big, one of my biggest ones. Easily my biggest one. McAvoy is still so great. With, oh yeah. As Kevin, less or so, but just as all the headwigs and Miss Patricia, um, <laughs> I loved, uh, uh, what was her name? I know who you're talking about, yeah. The girl. What's the girl? Yeah. Um, Jade. <laughs> yes. Yes. The, the one with, um, diabetes. I dropped yeah. it. Can you pick it up for me? <laughs> what the fuck? McAvoy is just going all in on this, and he doesn't need to, but he is, and I love it. He's so funny and so just committed to the bit. I just got to respect that. What do you think of the old McAvoy? Oh, he's – I mean he's the best performance in the movie. I don't know if he's my favorite part of the movie, but he's definitely one of them. He's amazing. He's one of the best actors that's working right now after watching these two movies. He is incredible. I didn't, I mean, before Split, I knew he was good. I didn't know he was capable of this. And he's, yeah, it's amazing. Um, I really, I do, I think it, it'll be, it'll be easy to like look down on this for being an M. Night Shyamalan, but I do think the craft he's doing is pretty good. I mean, I don't know how you can pick up as many personalities and like define as many characters yeah. as he did without being they're a great all, actor in your own it's right. It's not like they're just like all similar with little distinct, like tiny distinctions. They're all very distinctly. Yeah unique personalities and it's not just the doing a silly voice or yeah. you know tying your shirt up like a girl yeah. like a jessica simpson video. like completely different people no the physicality is what i like yes. the, like when yeah. he's hedwig or when he's miss patricia or when he's you know, the beast is kind of more your humdrum jack guy but just dennis or something like that like they're all very distinct with posture and inflection and speed of which they move and all that stuff it's honestly really impressive um I think I think it's the best work he's ever done. We could Xavier's nice, but it's just him in a chair doing saying big words and this is just kind of all over the place. So I li- I really like that about it. Um he definitely is due. I think McAvoy is going to be nominated for an Academy Award at some point. I just don't know for what movie. Mm-hmm. Like how do you how do you, how is it M Night can direct McAvoy into playing a 9-year-old boy with a lisp and it Totally works, but he can't get Walt, Mark Wahlberg to like get a sentence out without people laughing. 
That's what confuses me. Like, you can do this. You did this. Do it again. Learn it. Yeah. Learn the lessons. I, mean, I, it, I, I like Wahlberg. He's not like one of the greatest actors ever. No, but like, we, when he worked in like The Departed, or The Departed. Yeah, he's, he's great there, yeah. He can pull off a level of intensity and like, but he also had Martin Scorsese. I know. But even when, even when he doesn't have a great director, he's usually at least okay. And <laughs> happening is like, not even okay at all. Uh, but whatever. That, that deserves its own conversation because of how great that is. Zoe Deschanel too. Yikes. Yeah, hikes. Um, and let's see. What else? Um, yeah, uh, McAvoy. Strong to quite strong. My favorite part of all these movies. And then there is Bruce Willis as David Dunn. You know and care much more about him than I do, so why don't you lead us off there? Um, I thought he was great. This is the first Bruce Willis performance I've seen in... When did Luber come out? 2012? 11? Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, it's probably the only good performance I've seen of him mm. since that movie. It was 2012. Um, yeah. Um, I think his performance in Looper was better. But here, I think this is him showing that he still can act. He's good. I think he's good. He's, not, he's probably the weakest of the three actors. Uh, but I think he's good. I liked seeing him as David again. Um, and I, I liked, I really loved the way he was used in the story. I don't think he was sidelined, like a lot of people say. Uh, I mean, he was, but I think it was for a good purpose. I think his story, the majority of his story was told in Unbreakable. And this is the follow up to that. And the, the, the actual follow up is what we've seen, what we kind of catch up with him doing in the first 20 minutes and, you know, him going out and being a superhero, I guess. And, him being brought into this story and being kept in there while glass and Kevin are going about their thing. I thought that was a good, a smart decision. Um, and I think it worked and I think it fit. Um, I felt for him towards the end and I was with him. I was invested and I thought he did a really good job. So I, I liked it. I know a lot of people that was their biggest letdown, but I, I really liked it. Um, as someone with no expectations, I guess I have an interesting perspective, maybe. Um, I thought he was okay. Like, I, I, what, what's the main criticism? That just like, we haven't, you know, like a Luke Skywalker I mean, thing where we've waited yeah, to see I mean, him for that's so a, long. A lot, of, a lot of people feel the Luke Skywalker thing where it's like, we don't, we don't see, I mean, I understand it, I don't agree, but we don't, um, see, we haven't seen him for a long time. We, this is the big, we're finally waiting to see him again, we see him again. He doesn't get that much screen time. He doesn't get that much to do outside of the opening scene, which is awesome, by the way. And he's just kind of in the psych hospital for the majority of the movie. Then he has his moment where he breaks out, and then he gets killed by being put into a puddle. In, in which, Paris. to me, I thought was a great, a good decision because it's real. It makes sense. It fits the universe. It fits the story. It fits this grounded uh, way of looking at people with abilities and I know it's not like a big epic death or it's not a big heroic act, but it, it's just like sometimes shit happens. People die and it gets, it's especially when they get their face put into a small hole. That's (laughs) the great, like heart disease isn't the greatest epidemic. It's people getting drowned in small holes. It's so sad. Uh, (laughs) I didn't, that wasn't actually, I didn't have that, thought when i first saw it because i was i was too busy like kind of 
not marveling, but just being impressed with the camera work, like Shyamalan putting the camera below oh, yeah. the puddle. And, you know, you don't really see the full picture. You just see, like, yeah. these smudges of people. I thought it was kind of a cool choice. The, uh, um, I thought the, the camera work, cinematography, same same guy who did Split. I thought it was really, really good. Okay. Yeah, no, it was solid. The, you know, nothing too crazy, but there was a shot now and again where I was like, oh, that that was put together kind of nicely. A lot of, lot, of, lot of POV shots. Well, yeah, that's Shyamalan. That's what he does. Take a shot every time you see a POV shot and be blacked up by, like, the 45-minute mark. Um, but uh, as for his character, I don't know. I didn't, ex- like, I like how they made him out to be, um, like, a pop culture figure. I guess, like, an urban legend or something like that. And then... Yeah. Um, sort of stripping that away and it's just some, some guy. But the thing I, I kind of didn't like, there was these two story strands that I felt were kind of in combat with each other and that could have supported the movie on their own. One of which was Dr. Ellie Staple. A lot of people don't like her. I liked her. I hate the name. She's a fine character. Um, name. Staples, hold things together. Wah, wah, wah. Okay. Stupid. Yeah, we I talked about I this. I didn't put that together. Okay. It's, it's so M Night. It hurts. Um, God. Speaking of, what did you think of his uh, his cameo scene? I just want him to stop. <laughs> I thought it was great. Metaphorically, asking <laughs> his own C. I thought it was great. It was hilarious and a good. I thought he made fun of himself. Here, here was, no. Here's the thing. I, I we can get on. We'll bookmark David Dunn for just a second. M. Night is such an arrogant tool. I mean, he can be. Like, he puts himself, like, do a Hitchcock thing, fine, where it's like, oh, I'm walking by, or like Sorkin, he's the guy at the bar and everything he does. If you really want to see it, watch Lady in the Water, because he... No, I heard. I've I've seen... the character he plays, oh my god. Isn't the character he plays, like, the greatest writer ever? Yes, he's... (sighs) Just... And he has, there's this character created, that's the film critic, that he kills off by yeah. the end of the movie, it's, 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 very, wow. Very subtle. Very subtle. Um, God. like, he, he has to have some level of self-awareness, but then he also seems like he doesn't, because here's a quote that he said regarding this movie. According to writer and director M. Night Shyamalan, this movie is, quote, the first truly grounded comic book movie. I'll say that again. The first truly grounded comic book movie. I mean, I think no. it's more grounded. I think it's more grounded than the Batman movies, personally. Even Batman Begins. That's the least grounded of the three. Well, second least. Mm, no. Yeah. How is it? How is this more grounded than Batman Begins? I think it is. I mean, I just think the way that they showcase abilities is more grounded. I think the they don't have abilities in Batman. He's just a guy. The, the, the supernatural stuff, like you what look at Batman Begins, you have the the get, you have um, what's his name, that's Scarecrow. You have that's not supernatural. There's such have, thing as a breathable, crazy man toxin. That's that's real. That's believable. Is it somehow more just, believable than people with superhuman strength? And, well, also Batman is. If you want to be that logic, then Batman isn't a superhero. He's a hero. He's a vigilante. Well, he said. Well, he didn't say superhero movie. He said comic book movie. Okay. That's the, the, those are the parameters. I, I just think that's, I don't like it when directors call their own shots and like say, oh, well, I've done this. Like, that goes not even just directors, but anybody who just is talking 
nonstop about how great they are. And like you say, putting critics into the movies that they can kill and casting themselves as the great writer. Like, M. Night just seems so full of himself. And it's not like he's Spielberg where he can, he deserves to be. Like he's made some bad, bad movies and some pretty good ones. And he just seems to think that we don't get the bad ones and that the good ones are great ones, I guess. And I just don't get it. And this movie's sort of written like he thinks the source material is bigger than it is. And that last line of the movie kind of sold me on that, where I was like, what, what, what was it? It's like something we're connected to the universe or something like that. What the fuck are you talking about? It's not, that's something you can put to the end of Close Encounters, not Glass by M. Night Shyamalan. I don't get it. But anyways. Um, any thoughts on that ending though? We can get to a which, which ending? The, the like, last line that I just mentioned. I don't even, I don't even know what line you're talking about. It's like they say in voiceover said. when they're sitting at the train station. He's like, oh, one with the universe now or something. No, the, the old I mean, woman think, says it. I think she's talking about just like the world knows, like. But the universe? I mean, yeah. Why wouldn't it? The universe. There are people. If you yeah. want to say world, that's cool. But the universe, the universe like implies a greater, I don't know, scale. I guess not just oh. I mean, people saw something on their phone. You never know. It's a guy lift a car. It's not like there. We have no. We have no idea what the the inhabitants of other worlds can see us or not. M Night seems to think. Seems seems yeah. to know. Well, then <laughs> maybe he thinks they do, and he's projecting that in the ending. It's so stupid. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm just saying I don't care because I get, I get what he's trying to, I get what he's saying. The general. Can I say something that's going to make you mad? No, I sure. I don't care. Okay. Glass is your crimes of Grindelwald. No, it's not. It is. How? It's a director who, or it's a creator, I guess, who's kind of gotten out of touch with his own lore. And I don't think so. I think this place right. To me, this plays right into it. So does Crimes of Grindelwald for me, but whatever. No, that movie's a disaster. See, that's what I said. This is your Crimes of Grindelwald. Because I'm saying, I said about it the same things that you said about, that you're saying about this. And I'm written off as a crazy person. Yeah, because you are a crazy person. Because that movie is a disaster, and this is fantastic. But this is a disaster. And I think Fantastic Beast is pretty good. Not fantastic, but it's pretty good. You don't have a James McAvoy performance in those movies, so... Uh, two words, my friend. Jonathan Depp. <laughs> I'm actually gonna kill you. <laughs> Jude Law, but whatever. He's fine. Great. Yumbledore. You heard he has him? like five minutes. Yumbledore. Don't he's, say that again, please. Delicious. Yumbledore. Um, yeah, we're, okay, where were you? We were at David Dunn, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was okay. Um, yeah, he was just okay. I don't know. And then there is, uh, what is his name? Elijah something? Elijah Prince, yep. Mr. Glass. Mr. Ass. Stop. I gotta say, Sam, this has got to be the easiest paycheck he's ever gotten, because he spends half the movie just, like, sitting and staring at people. And I was like, you go, Sam. Uh, just get, you probably get paid, got paid, what, a couple hundred thousand? Maybe even a million? Something like that? Gosh, what a, what a hero. Uh, his character, on the other hand, is, is a little bit more complicated than that. What did you, what did you think? 
I loved him. I loved the way he was handled, um, especially towards the end. I think the way that the relationship between him and Kevin forms is great. I like the only thing I didn't like, this is probably my only legitimate problem with the movie is the constant monologuing of the, this is the part where this happens in the comic book. Yeah. Do you remember, do you remember in walk hard, the Dewey Cox story when they kept like the sixties are in fresh and exciting time. Yeah. This is a dark fucking period. It was that. Yeah. But, that got annoying. Um, <laughs> I, I, I didn't mind it in concept. I just wish there was a lot less of it because it's yeah. in if everything. We do it, if you do it once or twice, I think it does work a lot better yeah. instead yeah. of like, oh, oh, now here's, they're all coming together. Because it goes from being kind of, because in the, he does it in the original movie, but it's a couple times and it's more subtle. It's not so on the nose here. It's very on the nose. Yeah. And it's, comes off almost comical at times. Um, there's Almost. one, there's, there's only one part where I, where it got a little like, like where the camera's like tilting with him as his head turns mm. and he's saying something and it. Like the way he delivered the line just kind of, uh, it was a little cringy to me, but that's my only real problem with the movie is that everything else. I mean, unless I watch it again, maybe I'll have other problems, but, uh, yeah, I thought those were painful as well. And like I said, funny in Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, because it's a great film, and I'll mention it no matter what, no matter how loose the connection, I'll mention Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, because it's a masterpiece. But, uh, the, yeah, the calling out in this one was kind of annoying, where I agree, like, if you did use it with, like, a couple spots, just to kind of, because it, it, in concept, it's like a fun way to, like, sort of, telegraph especially when you have like an evil genius character like him and it does have this kind of tone it is sort of fun to have him say oh now here's where this is happening because you are because you're you're falling right into where i want and doing what i wanted you to do and stuff like that where that's kind of clever and it adds a little extra i guess to the character but with this it's just like every at the end it was like every fourth line was him saying oh, oh, oh you're, you've read comics before well here's this i was like okay that's cool man that's just okay are you gonna die yet okay uh also with him he had like a bit of a joker bit thing to him uh where he just sort of did stuff and you don't really know how or how he gained the skills to do that i guess and he just sort of does them he just he keeps ending up out of his um like in the hallways he keeps getting out of his room and they kind of establish how he does most other things but that and like one or one or two other things it's just it's like oh he's he just can do this i guess and it'd be fine if it was in a city or something but this is a mental hospital so it's a little smaller and you know you just kind of get used to the environment and trying to connect the dots of how he did x y or z just kind of got annoying um like, it'd be cooler maybe if he had help inside and there was just this guy that he had brainwashed and had conned and manipulated into helping him out. It might be a little bit more clever and just easy to explain away, but not a huge deal, just something. Um, also, fun fact, Samuel Jackson is, in fact, three years older than the woman who plays his mother, so that's something. <laughs> uh, take that as you will. Um Black don't crack, I guess, and he still looks great. So, um, and then he's going to be playing a young young dude in the Captain Marvel. So, good figure. Um, yeah, I thought he was solid. Uh, I'm not sold a hundred percent on getting in 
the whole like for lack of a better term, they're supporting characters. I didn't I didn't feel like Casey really belonged in this very much, but I've only I, seen Unbreakable once. But you've seen it multiple times. Do you think the connection they forged in Split carried over and made sense for this? I liked it. Um, but did it make because, sense? I mean, Do you think the foundation was strong enough to where think, she would care about him? I I mean, I just watched Split the other day, and you right. can see it there. I mean, I think it makes sense, but only barely. Mm-hmm. It's a stretch, but I, it worked for me. I'm, I'm trying to think back to a moment in Split where she because just she, sort of sees was, him for I mean, what he for, can be instead of what he like, is. Yeah, I mean, for lack of a better word, he she was tortured. Yeah. So I, I don't. But I mean, you also she had she had a legit connection with him with Hedwig at least and with Kevin. Right. So you and that's there in Split. It's Thursday. The connection was what was it like? Like they're. But was it out of preservation for her? Like she just wanted to stay alive, so she'll tell this guy whatever he needs to hear. Did or did you I get mean, the Kevin, impression that he she actually sympathized with him and wanted? I think she sympathized with okay. him because because you there's the there's I mean the two of them are kind of have that same thing. Like she was abused by her uncle, right? Um, oh yeah, I remember. That. I forgot yeah, about yeah. that part. Yeah, like ah, oh, that was so icky. Older, yeah, where he's and he's abused by his mother. Like oh, they have that connection, that shared bond. Right, um, and I think that's what she connects to with him, mm-hmm. and that's why she see, tries to see him for who he can be, rather than the things he's done. I just wasn't sure if that, like, I thought it worked pretty nicely in this that she would, you know, yeah, she's thinking about him getting caught because he's done this to so many people. But Casey is a character that always, like, I even I remember in Split had like an edge to her, where she wasn't, you know, she did. I don't know if she had the uh, the potential to be evil or anything like that, but she definitely was a little bit more dark than she maybe let on. And I think if they leaned into that a little bit, maybe that she kind of finds his wickedness, I guess, you know, interesting or at least, you know, something to not, it's just something to keep her invested in him. That and not just oh well I know there's a good person in there somewhere I just didn't feel like that was really together from Split but you've seen it more recently and more in total than I have so I'll take your word for it I think it worked pretty well um kind of weird that like she was still hanging out with him even though he didn't he kidnap and like kill a bunch more people it was like just, since then yeah like he kidnapped those four girls at the beginning of the movie wasn't there a couple more. There's a, no, it was just the incident and the split and then the one at the beginning of the movie. They're only three weeks apart. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. pick up on that. Oh, yeah. huh, that's cool, I guess. Um, let's see. Yeah, Sarah Paulson, people don't like her? I thought she was good. Hmm. Good? Yeah, I mean, I didn't have that much to say about her. She, she's more of a plot device than a character. Right. But... She served her purpose well. I thought she was fine. Um, they did. They, I think I mentioned this a little bit before, but they brought up a really interesting um, kind of theme that they sort of did away with pretty quickly. That could have, you know, the whole study, the reason that they're there, and the study that she's doing, she has three days to correct it. Is like if they have uh, delusions of grandeur and they actually can't do those things, and everything that they were able to accomplish, uh, Kevin and. Um, Bruce Willis, at least, David, um, 
wasn't like them having powers or abilities or enhanced what, who's he, what's it? It was, you know, kind of a right place, right time, circumstantial thing. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting route to go and I wish they had carried it over as instead of it being a, let's go to the, let's go to the tower and like fuck stuff up. That if they just kept it like an internal psychological battle, I guess, instead of a, what they ended up turning into, which is sort of like a global threat and like a global unveiling or something like that. But what do you think about that little piece, that theme that they tried to carry over? Um, I didn't think too much of it, to be honest. Uh, I mean, I didn't really, they did, to me, they did pretty much as much as they could with it in this particular story. I mean, I don't know what else they could have really, where else they could have taken it because they have abilities. They're not, it's not in their head at least. But I think I, what I liked was the, the question of if it was, I think it would be the twist, not that there needs to be a twist, which there was in this and we'll get to that in a minute, but the twist of like, what if the twist was that it's in there? It's actually in their head. Yeah, like in you spend the entire movie, you know, the characters sort of working through that and putting themselves to the test, and like, and you know, to be honest, I think that would have been just as polarizing as what if what we got in terms of audience reactions. Well, I don't, I don't really care how polarizing it is. I don't even know if it's that polarizing. Like, I've seen, well, I guess I've seen a fair amount of good reviews, I guess, for it, but. I don't know, I just, I feel like that concept was kind of fun, and it's not something I've seen in a superhero movie, or just a people with abilities movie that I thought, if carried over to the end, could have been interesting, because, you know, you have, you have Glass, doesn't really have abilities, he has more of a medical impairment, but then David and Kevin sort of having to negotiate that within themselves, and, you know, because... The, the beast is just kind of a yoked out dude. Is, is he really that strong or is, did, is David Dunn just happen to be in the right place at the right time and is a little bit stronger than he, you know, should be or something like that? I don't know. I thought that was an interesting idea and then they just sort of tossed it away to do a, he's gonna go to the city and kill a bunch of people thing, which I didn't, which they didn't, which they didn't do. do. No, but like it is a threat to that, which, you know, if he wanted to write them going to the tower and the showdown actually happening, he could have. There was nothing stopping him. He just cut it short for money, probably. But, um, I mean, you you have a movie in a mental hospital, and the payoff isn't psychological. I just didn't really understand that. Um, but whatever. Uh, and let's see what else. Um, yeah, Anya Taylor Joe was good. Spencer Treat Clark was okay. I don't know Charlene Woodard, Charlene, but I thought she was pretty good. Uh, what are some other likes or dislikes you have? Um, I I'm trying to think. She covered most things, but for me, I don't know. It's just I I really love the way that it. It's such a cliche thing to say, and it's. It just, it just, I just like the way it breaks formula. I like the way that it doesn't necessarily go where you think it's going to go. Now, where I also think it actually goes where it, it kind of should have gone and you should have expected it to go. Um, 
by not being your traditional, you know, team up movie. It's not, you know, just the bad guys team up and the good guys got to stop them. I mean, it is towards the end, but it's for a different reason than you'd expect it to be. And the build up to there is different than you expect it to be. And I just like that in concept. And I like that it takes place in a, a uh, psych psych hospital. I think all the stuff happening there is for me, it's the most interesting stuff in the movie. I know it's a lot of people think it's boring. Um, but I really loved all that stuff. I think all the scenes where those three are together, I think the scenes where glass and Kevin are together are great. Um, and just, I found it to be like a really good, I guess, character study of what it would be like to have people with these abilities in the real world, because this is kind of the most, I think in terms of like, take out the whole, whatever M night said about first of its kind. Cause I, I guess it's not, but like, it's the most realistic I think we've seen of a movie with people with supernatural abilities. Um, cause I can't think of any other. I mean, I think Mamma Mia's here we go again has stop, a strong case, but just, just, just shut the fuck up. There's nothing that isn't supernatural about Lily James um, just as a person. I'm sorry. Um, you're not wrong, but yeah, I think I can't think of any other movie that is kind of actual superhero characters in a world like, like maybe man of steel is kind of attempting to do that, but that's not even, it's not even on the same, it's not even on the same level as this in terms of grounding. Um, and I think that's what I am. So I take away so positively from this is just, and this whole trilogy is the way that he grounds it in such a realistic reality while also still having that almost fantasy element to it. But a realistic reality. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, hmm. I can see that, I guess. I mean, I also, I had Mamma Mia too at my number two, uh, two of the year, so I don't know how much I should talk about artistic integrity, but whatever. Um, <laughs> for what it's worth, I do think M. Night has his, it's intact. Um, yeah, the dude's got a vision. It's, yeah, and that's, that's another At the very one. least, interesting to see what mistakes he makes. <laughs> and, I don't know. The movie's doing fine, uh, commercially. 20 million budget. It's made 95 so far, so it'll probably end up in the 180 to 200 range or something like that, which is all well and good for, you know, a January movie especially. And, I don't know. Not a failure, not a success for me. It's just, it is. So, um, but before we end up, end things up, I just wanna go over those two twists real quick. One is that Kevin's dad was on the train that David was on, which killed him. I love that. That was a little bit, um, it's only a so so obvious, but I didn't see it coming. It's a little bit Ray would be, is a Skywalker kind of a thing where just really does he have to be on the train? Can't these two? I think it, I think it worked. I thought it was really good and clever and it tied it all together in a way that made sense. So. I mean, I don't think it was really that clever. I, I will. It doesn't take much narrative, you know, believability just, to say his dad was on the train or somebody he but, knows was on the train. It's like there was a bunch of people on the train. You could, David's wife could have been on the train. Doesn't matter. Well, a million things happened. That would have changed the first movie. I'm just saying. It, I don't think it's that brave of a twist, and I don't know. I don't know how it makes. 
Other than like the whole tie back to the you know glass, he made both of them, which I think they said. Uh, I don't know. I, I I thought it was a pretty obvious thing to do in retrospect. I didn't spend much time thinking about it beforehand. I didn't really know Kevin's dad was dead, to be honest with you. But um, once he did it, I just just like, oh, okay, that's that's nice. That's cool. Could have it maybe been like he his dad was just died I don't know see, it just seemed a little obvious and I don't know why they still did it even I mean it it, obvious. I think it ties it back into Mr. Glass I mean the whole concept is he created both of them which I thought was interesting and I liked that okay to which I say and I mean this with utmost respect so what do you mean so so he created both of them. He created the hero and he, he created the villain. So? He's the mastermind. So? Mastermind for what? Just because he can do it? Yeah. Cool. I guess. Thanks. I think it's cool. I don't know. I'm trying to think of something to compare it to, uh, just to like yeah. wrap my head around why they did it. And it, like, I'm thinking Batman, but I don't really know what. I don't know. It would, be like, it would be like if the Joker created Batman and also created, um, I don't know. It was a well, he created concept. Batman in Batman in 1989. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and for like, the record, say, I have say, a similar reaction that. to that. Of like, so I don't care. It doesn't make it doesn't do anything for me that I think it, Joker I think killed Batman's I think parents. I think it's an interesting. I mean, it doesn't necessarily add a whole bunch, but I think it's interesting. It's just an interesting idea to play with. And I just, but it, much, it seems but... like that revelation should come when something more impactful happens and not just them in a parking lot fighting with cops and stuff like that. It's just it, the impact of like the Harry, Harry Potter's, you know, Dumbledore Snape kind of r- reveal was obviously not this, the same thing, but, and this is a movie and it has like six hours to do what it wants to do, I guess, but you still, it still had there was more than the twist. The twist was for a greater reason than just a oh well how about that. Then it, it it dealt into like a bigger overall not mythology but just arc I guess that yeah Mr. Glass okay he so he made he technically made Kevin and David I mean, to what end. Like, it's just to show off that he's a mastermind? Like, we know that. He's a mastermind. We saw that in Unbreakable. We saw that in Split, how he was able to, you know, do as much as he did while being in a wheelchair. Then I, I, think it's I, just I still think like, it enforces him as a character that much. It just is me, a fun little quirk. I, I think it just drives the point home more, because when you get to the very end of the movie, where the next twist happens, um, it just shows that even when you think you have him, you don't. And I think that's... Well, I don't know how that relates to him creating two people. I mean, it just shows intelligence. Yeah, but we get that. Or at least I get that. Maybe it's overkill, but it's, you know. I think, I, I think it's just adding to the. Point. I just, I think that, I just think there was another little, you know, thing you could have put in there somewhere. Maybe even an unbreakable. It was like a really long payoff or some, or like, you know, you didn't even know it was going to be a payoff, which is something to make it more than. Oh, okay. He was uh, his dad was on the train. Cause like Sixth Sense redefined that twist redefines the movie and the village. It redefines the movie. You have to look at it from a different perspective. And 
sign, this is like a signs twist of, oh, it's water. Oh, you made them. And it's just sort of like an ends to a mean instead of something that can change your perception of the story. Because I think the story's perception is fairly intact, even if you took out the twist, as if you kept it in. And like thinking about like usual suspects, I think the best twists are ones that change the movie. Usual suspects, prestige, sixth sense, you know, stuff like that. The, the Citizen Kane, you know, take your pick. That twist just for the sake of it is kind of what got him into people making fun of Shyamalan. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just being stupid, but that's just sort of how I felt. And then what was, the second twist was just that he had rigged the video to go out, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Cool. But for this, since this is a different world that has different people in it, it has superheroes, I would have liked to know a little bit more about the risk, I guess, of people finding out about superheroes. Because it seems like they asked the audience to think a lot more about that. Like, yeah, they would be, you know, you could even throw in a... People are afraid of what they don't understand. You know, the kind of you go to the world can't know sort of line. But I would like I would like to know a little bit more about why people finding out about these guys was such a danger. Unless I missed something. No, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't really. I would personally wasn't really interested in that aspect of it. I think it's just meant to. I don't know. It's just thought provoking. Thought provoking. It's. it's what happens? You know, where do we go from there? <laughs> knowing to, knowing the world today, people would care about it for three days and then yeah, probably forget. Like that's honestly that's what that was my thought. I was like, okay, we live in well, a world where somebody got turned into a zombie by bath salts. So yeah, it's like that's not people are gonna. It'll be a meme in like three days. <laughs> that's what's gonna happen. You get the crap memed out of it, <laughs> or they'll put like sports logos over their heads and like as like a meme like the Patriots and the Chiefs just throwing them into the van. I don't know. That's, that's the world we live in. It sucks, but it's ours. Um, final thoughts. I love it. I think it's a great movie. It's a great wrap up to the trilogy. It's either my second or third favorite of the three. I don't know which, um, got to see it again, but I love this story. I love these characters. I love this, uh, little series of movies that he's created this whole superhero universe and it's probably my second favorite superhero trilogy behind Spider-Man. There are only two Mamma Mia films, just so you oh know. Oh my god, those aren't superhero movies. You tell them, you watch those and tell me that there aren't superheroes. I've, I've seen at least one scene from one of them and I can tell you that they're not superheroes. Only a true superhero can think of a song on the spot and perform it with perfect choreography. So fuck you. Just it. rap the damn. Everybody screen <laughs> when I kiss the teacher. I um, have never hated you more in my entire life. Thank Holy you. Um, Glass is weird, sloppy, but admirable. And that's sort of kind of mid-tier what I'd expect from, from him. It's either good, really good. Sloppy but admirable or happening, so whatever. I mean, I'm excited to see what he does next. I don't know. We thought Split would be like a whole course correction, and then that turned into Unbreakable World, so we'll see what he does now he gets out of that. Should be weird. Should be fun. Happening too. 
it happen I'd again. Wa- I'd watch it. Yes. So, let's see who's the equivalent. Who's the current equivalent to like 2006 Mark Wahlberg? Um, da, 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 da. John Cena. I don't know. No. God, Cena in a Shyamalan. <laughs> uh, that, that actually isn't a bad Chris, comparison. Chris Pratt. No, he would lean into the bit too much. We need somebody who thinks that the material's okay. Or it just doesn't have the self-awareness enough to know it sucks. But, watch reading, listening to. I have a bunch, so I'm gonna jump in. Uh, I watched for the first time Apocalypse Now. That was really long. Uh, I get why people love it. It's Vietnam, pretty much. But, not really for me. I thought it was cool and well shot, though, and Martin Sheen, Bay, as always. And his weird droopy arms. Uh, the Breakfast Club I also saw for the first time. Thought it was really, yeah. I know. I, I have. There's a lot of classics that I haven't seen, and I want to take this year to like rectify some of those. Not just film A classics, but like pop culture classics as well. So I thought it was good. Um, uh, the uh, what's his name? Smoke up, Johnny. That kid. That kid. God, he was such a douche. Uh, Emilio Estevez was yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall was a little cutie pie and I, his character and his arc was my favorite. Um, who's the little, who's the other girl? Not Molly Ringwald. Um, the nerd. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember her name. She was great. She was so funny and weird. Yeah, she's good. I did the whole, oh, I got a makeover and now I'm with Emilio Estevez thing was kind of stupid, but whatever. Um, it's fine. You know, I get why it's been pop culture to death and you know, uh, I did read that there was an idea to make one of these, one of them every 10 years to like, like, bef- like the before trilogy style, before it was a thing, just to see where their lives ended up, and I thought that would be awesome. I'm sad that that didn't happen. They can um, still do it. Yeah, but they're all like in their 50s now, so it's like this one and then they die. <laughs> Those are the two. Like 20s and 30s, that would be fun. I don't know. Um, and then I also saw for the first time The Big Lebowski. I haven't seen it. He's good. Jeff Bridges is god tier, as he always is, as was John Goodman, possibly even funnier. And it was like a, it was really good. Cohen. It's weird that this is the only movie like this the Coens have made. Very far cry from, uh, Inside Lewin Davis, that's for sure. And then, uh, I rewatched Goodfellas just for the, Joe Pesci scenes. I'm so psyched about the God or the Irishman, and I'm just I'm gonna rewatch Goodfellas like eight times before that, just because of how excited I am. And then this morning, uh, it was freezing in my apartment, so I wanted to both get up and then uh, get back under the covers. So I put on Twelve Angry Men, and it was greatness. Have you seen that? No. Oh, you should. I have it on DVD. I haven't watched it. Like Criterion or normal DVD? No, like just a child. normal DVD. I got in a, for a dollar somewhere. Like a child. Got it. Yeah. It is greatness. It's so good. Um, yeah, I, there's nothing I can say. It's just one of the best movies ever. All right, go ahead. Um, I watched a documentary. It's on Netflix called Fire, the greatest party that never happened. I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, about the Fire Festival. I, you said you, Knew about it? I, or, pop culturally, I could care less if people got, if dumb people got like, dumb rich yeah, kids got swindled out. I'm, yeah, yeah, I did yeah. see that one of the businesses featured in it, um, somebody set up a GoFundMe and it like, the goal got reached, which is cool. Yeah. Just in case they didn't get paid. Um, 
but yeah, it's just, I watched that and I was, I didn't know really what it was going to be about. I thought it was just gonna be about like this crazy wild party that like almost happened. It like got out of control or something. I didn't know. I didn't know it was like involved in like scanning people that it's really messed up to like learn about all this and how much money was actually lost and stolen from basically stolen from people. Like it's even if they're rich, I mean, I still feel kind of bad, but they're stupid for spending it. But it was really fascinating and it's a really good documentary. Uh, it's, it's really well done. Uh, the guy, what's his name? Um, Billy McFarland is a giant dickhead and I think he's still in jail, but I'm not sure. I mean, yeah. with a name like that, how could you not be a dickhead? <laughs> Anybody who has the name William and chooses to go by Billy is a douche. That's just not even, it's not an opinion, that's fact. That is fact. Uh, yeah, he's been, in October of this, of last year, he was sentenced to six years in federal prison. Yikes. I mean, goals. Oh, he's just kind of near me, in Otisville, New York. That's cool. Conjugal visit? <laughs> you don't know what those are. That's it. No. It's it's when you your wife comes and you like conjugate and all that. No. Physical visit. It was a joke. It was a good joke. There, there you, you go. Cool. Anything else? Um, what else did I watch? You know, I started watching. Uh, I'm doing this thing where I'm watching all the Disney movies. Started watching some. Watch Snow White and I watch Pinocchio. Good movies. No, I can't help but notice that neither of those are the Great Mouse Detectives. So, what's the deal? Uh, those are not scheduled until. Let's see, when do I got those penciled in for? So cute. April. Yikes! How many of those are there? Fifty-seven. I mean, lucky for you, they're all an hour and a half, so that'll work yeah. out fine. Yeah. Uh, well, are there any that you're looking forward to revisiting or like loathing? Um, like I, I saw that once when I was a kid, and I thought it was fine. No, I'm older, dumber. I'm curious to see Alice in Wonderland, the original. Cause I don't think I've ever seen it in full. Interesting. Um, same with Sleeping Beauty. I've never seen that one. Ah, oh, Sleeping Beauty rips. Is it? That I, ending I don't is think I've ever fucking seen. great. I only know like the is it the mirror mirror scene? Is that the right movie? No, yeah, that's, yeah. No, no, that's Sleeping okay. Beauty. Okay, yeah, yeah. Snow White's the dwarves. Yeah, well, Very Snow different. White has the, Snow White has the mirror too, but yeah, mirrors appear a lot. What do you want? Um, Maleficent and the Dragon. Oh my God! The end of Sleeping I've never, Beauty. I've never seen yeah. the Rescuers. I'm curious about those. Oh, Rescuers! De- Rescuers is good. Rescuers Down Under is like Dark Knight to Batman Begins level. It's so fucking good. And then, oh my God. Uh, Fox and the Hound is one everyone hypes up. Never seen that. That was really sad. Just so you know. Great. Like really sad. Like you're gonna want to slit your wrists after. I, I have all I know is there's a fox and a hound. They're buddies. Don't know anything else. Wow. No. And there's also that, like... The neo-Nazi storyline is really going to knock your socks off. It's it's going to come right out of nowhere. And then I'm going to... There's, like, three weeks of these where it's just nonstop. Those, like, weird, like, 40s, early 50s movies that are, like... Bed knobs and broomsticks and shit like that. There's Ichabod and Mr. Toad and (laughs) fun and fancy free and melody time. I don't know what any of these are, but I'm watching those. You have to note more. the changes between when Walt was alive and when died to see when the anti-Semitic undertones get phased out. That'll be fun to watch in real time. He was, uh, the one he died, when did he die? He died for like Peter Pan, I think. Wasn't he? 
He died right after, right before one big movie came out. I can't remember, though. Well, dead in quotes, because his head is in a freezer somewhere. Would you ever do that? Cryogenically freeze yourself? Dear God, no. Why not? Uh, Because that's a just terrible idea. Why? You know, it's, it takes zero... Um, uh, what, do you, what am I trying zero to say? What? Like you just, all you have to do is die. The rest is up to somebody else. You don't have to do anything. I don't know. I just, I would as long rather as you die. Just, you're you know, good. I'd rather just live my life. Spoken like a true quitter. December 1966. Do you think Walt would be proud of what his company's become? Um, probably not. To be completely honest. Really? <laughs> no. It's it's bordering on a monopoly. Bordering is generous. I mean, it's not a true monopoly until it is, you know, basically taking over the entire industry. But it's, we're getting there. That's fun. That's very, very fun. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> uh, that'll do it for us this week. Not sh- oh, Star Wars. I, I don't know about you, but I've turned on my post notifications for Star Wars to see when they announce a title, and they haven't yet. I think that'll be this or next week. Really? Yeah. Why? Because Last, Last Jedi was around this time two years ago. Very we got a title. Interesting. Hmm. Well, until that happens, you can follow us at underscore RealFlix on the Twitter, leave an iTunes review at RealFlixPodcast at gmail.com, and as always, leave an iTunes review. We'll read him when Cody gets back from his conclave. He isn't talking or eating or drinking for nine days to cleanse his body. How fun is that? I don't think he's doing that. Yeah, that's your opinion. Later. See ya.